Coming up on the WAC Podcast, where did the summer go? It is now over in terms of sports. We start our fall sports this week as women's soccer starts August 17th. We're going to talk with Chris LeMay. Actually, Kendra's going to talk with Chris LeMay, the head coach at Utah Valley. The Wolverines picked to win the WAC this year. And she's going to talk about all kinds of things with Coach, including his wake surfing abilities and their trip to Hawaii as uh, they're getting ready to board a plane there. We're also going to talk with Jess Radford, our assistant uh, director of communications for the WAC, just joined us this summer. She oversees our media relations for women's soccer and volleyball, among other things. We'll talk with her about the upcoming season and what led her to the WAC. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. The WAC Podcast is back. Not that it ever went away, but our traditional format, which is actually looking new this year. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's new. It's exciting. It's a new year. A it's new innovative. style. Innovative. So we're going to have two guests on today. Two. Not one. But two. We have Jessica Radford, our, our not our newest employee, one of our new employees. That's She's going to talk some women's soccer. Absolutely. And then we're also going to have Chris LeMay, the head women's soccer coach at Utah Valley, on his way to Hawaii as we speak, I believe. Literally. Literally. And uh, they, they open at the University of Hawaii on Thursday. They are the team pick to win the WAC in women's soccer this year. We'll have him on later in the show. But you and I haven't been on the show, I think, since baseball tournament. I know, right? It feels like an eternity has passed. So we really? had 11 podcasts during the summer Yes, where, where you or I interviewed the athletic director of each school and got an inside look at what's going on at each school, got some thoughts on this past year and some uh, looking ahead to this year, some projects going on like uh utah valley for example they have a, a what a 30 million dollar soccer stadium being built yes yeah a lot of you know summer is the time for construction a lot of our schools i think every single one of them has something going on that they're looking to either make facility enhancements and and whatever that they're doing to to improve uh, their campus it's really exciting and so it's cool to hear from all of those athletic directors and then also each of them or most of them i think had a, a i asked them a favorite memory from the year and so yeah. it's kind of funny to see you know what what it was it didn't necessarily have to be like oh utah valley men's basketball made it to the nit final four it was you know hey this moment or you know cbu getting a whole bar of people back in Greta Karanuskite when she's running because it's on TV. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. When Dr. Micah Parker was on his way back to CBU uh, to become their athletic director, which he had that position before he's on his way back and he sees this on, you know, on ESPN and gets everybody rooting for CBU there. Also, while we're gone, Major League Baseball draft happened. Yeah. Jacob Wilson was taken in the top 10 highest draft pick from the WAC since I think it was over 10 years, 20 years possibly. I don't know. I have to look back. It's been a little while know, since right? this happened now, so we're kind of doing this on the fly. But Jacob Wilson taken by the Oakland A's in the MLB draft. We were in Mesa, Arizona, the, the spring training home of the Oakland A's, and we kind of maybe had a little bit of a feeling that the, uh, the A's might uh, want to take Mr. Jacob Wilson. 
Yeah, we weren't sure uh, what sort of management might have been in attendance. We, you know, we knew that there were numerous MLB scouts already in attendance. Some had a cool storyline. Um, UT Arlington, their head coach, his dad is a scout, and so he was there, and a lot of cool storylines. But yeah, we didn't. We knew kind of, you know, there's scouts there, but didn't know for sure that the Oakland A's would would take him as their first pick. Really exciting for Grand Canyon. So he goes number six overall. Highest whack baseball draft pick since 2004, so almost 20 years. And uh, that was the year Rice, when they were still in the whack, they had three players selected in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft. Wound up with 12 players total selected in the MLB draft. That was, of course, All-Star Weekend back in July. Uh, we also uh, announced our basketball conference schedule, which you can see our uh, whack fast break with Drew Spira and Kendra Sheehan. Kind of a new segment we're doing uh, this uh, summer. We debuted it and plan to continue it into the fall and the winter. Yeah, that, that's just a cool, you know, we're doing a lot of new things. Last year we brought in the WAC resume seating system, and, and a lot of people had a lot of questions about it. Everyone has their own opinions about it. But uh, just a way that as we're doing new things, as we changed our basketball format. as Changed the tournament. Changed the tournament in general, that we can address some of these in a really fast way. It's 30 seconds. No, it's like two minutes. But, it's two minutes, yeah. <laughs> but it's fast, and we just, you know, keep you updated on all things WAC basketball as the season progresses. So we had the, the tournament announcement and it will be at the orleans uh, again but uh it'll just be eight teams so it's going to be that uh, the, those uh, positions are going to mean even more so as, as eight teams as three teams won't be going to whack vegas on each side this year and uh should help the overall play uh again with the, with the goal of of getting the the rpis up and you know perhaps uh at some point having a uh, a second uh team make it you, you know, you wouldn't have a one versus eight situation. The the one seed gets a bye all the way to Friday. And seemingly they, they would be playing, you know, a higher seed and, you know, perhaps helping their overall RPI as we get uh, further uh, down the road here. Absolutely. I think, yeah, the, the top two get a bye all the way to Friday, three, four, get a bye that first round game so it should be should be fun and i think the the staff will be excited not having to transition <laughs> in a u-haul at midnight over well, to a new I mean, facility. It, though it was it, good fun it was good fun it was and, and it, it, basketball that time of year is always a lot of fun and having all the teams there but this is this is where we're going is is the eight teams and and the you know kind of the innovative format uh of having protecting those higher seeds and then having some matchups on the first day where you have a, a you know a five versus an eight as opposed to a one versus an eight so it should be a lot of fun in wag vegas again this year also want to congratulate drew spira on his appointment to the division one women's basketball oversight committee so a lot of basketball news in the past month or so also want to welcome in not only uh, jessica radford who we'll hear from in just a few minutes here but also russell warren who is our, our senior associate commissioner as we bid farewell to uh, patrick colbert who did a fantastic job the last couple of years with the WAC. he has taken a division three commissioner job back east where his family is so you know uh, wish all the best for him. We miss miss him, but also looking forward to, to working with Russell and, and the direction the WAC is continuing to head. 
Absolutely. And then not only did we welcome those two, we have a new assistant. Yes, communications assistant. Communications assistant Colby Jackson coming to us from Stephen F. Austin. And he he's uh, hit the ground running and he's uh, always looking for stuff to do. So we're excited to have him on board as well. We also named our uh, Kearney Award winners. We had Xavier Gibson. Uh, from Stephen F. Austin and also Kristen Fifield, who doubled up, not only winning the Kearney Award as the most outstanding athlete, female athlete in the WAC, she also doubled up as the co-nominee for, from the WAC for NCAA Woman of the Year, along with Samantha Bruce of Seattle U. How Fifield, one of our outstanding softball players, led the nation in runs batted in this past year as GCU went to the NCAA tournament and then shocked UCLA in uh, that first game. And and her dad wore a shirt to the tournament that had a bunch of pictures of her face on it. <laughs> that's how I knew it was Kristen Fifield's dad. <laughs> well, that, that that's that's what dads do. That's what we're here for. So, yeah, just a uh, a lot going on this uh, summer. But the summer is over. Summer uh, is officially. Is it officially? It is because Thursday yeah. is uh, the first games in women's soccer. We're also going to unleash. <laughs> Our, uh, our men's soccer and volleyball polls on Thursday. So ah, yes. A lot going on. And then also wanted to touch on uh, the UAC uh, uh, football conference, the United Athletic Conference. Uh, Oliver Luck, the executive uh, director of that. So the WAC schools that have football playing in the UAC, again, kind of an innovative thing where you have a football-only conference, uh, so those schools merging with the schools in the A-Sun that had football. Uh, we had a uh, football kickoff event in July at uh, Texas Live, a fantastic event. Uh, Kyle Grooms is uh, working with the UAC on that, uh, also in the WAC office here, did a fantastic job setting all that up. And might I say Kendra Sheehan doing a fantastic job hosting oh, that event stop it stop it <laughs> also wanted uh, over the summer congratulate kendra on her promotion to director oh stop it of digital communications you give me a cake could have said director <laughs> <laughs> well the uh, summer's not over as you oh, say that's so. true yes very excited for another year with the whack and 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 you mentioned this football you know it's really just a uh, an extended version the last two years we've been kind of pairing with the WAC ASUN to get that automatic qualifier to the FCS playoffs. Now we've officially made a whole new conference. It's going to do a lot of collaboration with the uh, WAC staff, ASUN staff to, uh, to, to put this thing together. But, you know, it was, it was awesome getting a chance to meet some of the new schools. And then of course, see our, our old schools or at least the schools from the WAC that we knew at, at media day. And so, Getting ready to get busy again, you know. New look whack and uh, new season ahead. And speaking of new coming up uh, next, we're going to be joined by Jessica Radford, our new uh, assistant director of communications. You're listening to the Whack Podcast. Welcome back to the Whack Podcast. Eric Danner, Kendra Sheen, now joined by Jessica Radford. Uh, I would say our newest employee, but she's now a senior employee because two people have been hired <laughs> since Jessica was hired just a few months ago. Jessica, we're glad to have you. You are Assistant Director of Communications. Yes. And you come to us from Conference USA, which is also located in the DFW Metroplex. Tell us a little bit about your, your background, what led you 
to the Western Athletic Conference and to this table to do the podcast. So I started as a student athlete, played volleyball at Norfolk State University, and then I went on to um, go to grad school at the University of the Pacific, where I was very heavily involved in their athletics. So I was a box um, office intern at first, and then I got into doing stats for all of their games, volleyball, basketball, men's and women's basketball, softball, baseball. And then they found out that I was a communication student for grad school. So they were like, oh, you can, you know, write well. So then I learned the AP style for, you know, how you write on our articles, our releases. And I learned that and then got to know Sidearm, the back end of the website, and got really, really good at that. And was just ready for a different path, a different city, because I've graduated from the University of Pacific at this point, so I heavily worked Which is where in California? Stockton, California. Northern California, yes. Northern California, yes. Um, Not much to do there. Very family-oriented city, so... Wouldn't Sounds vacation. good to me. I like family oriented. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't vacation there if you were um, a younger person. I did not have that on my list. But. <laughs> now, it, yeah, it's it's crossed off mine. That's it's closer sure. to the Bay Area though, so it's an hour and thirty minutes away from San Francisco, an hour away okay. from Sacramento. So that was nice. It was cool to um, venture off to the Bay Area, but when it's that far away with no cars, not much to do. Oof. And then, so you come out to Dallas. Yes, came out to Dallas. Um, got the job as a communications assistant at Conference USA say um so i moved to dallas and i absolutely love it here which is why i wanted to stay after my time was done at conference usa and i luckily landed the job here at the western athletic conference you're originally from detroit michigan yes it says here on the sheet here um as far as going to norfolk state in virginia what uh how, how did how was that your path and uh did you play other sports growing up besides volleyball? Um, so in middle school, I played basketball, but then my dad forced me to play volleyball. Forced you to play <laughs> volleyball. Forced sounds, me. Sounds great. Forced me to play volleyball. So my sister, 6th through 8th, she played volleyball. She loved it. And I played basketball 6th through 8th. But you know you have AAU teams. So my sister was doing AAU trials for the first time. Yeah, now let's back up. So this is your twin sister. Yes, my twin sister. Ah, yes. yes. So you know parents, they don't want to drive to two different practices. So that's how it was. So, you know, my parents... Not being lazy, that's not the word I want to use, but you know, they're efficient. schedules. Yeah, they're efficient. efficient. Very true. Um, they didn't want to, you know, make too many stops on the trip. So my dad was like, You're just playing volleyball, that's what it is. And I was just like crying. I was so upset. I was not a good volleyball player in my first year of AU. I couldn't even serve over the net. That's how bad it was. I wow. couldn't underhand. You can't do underhand at AU, right? You gotta serve. Yeah, over. you have to serve overhand and I just could not get it especially at that age like our coaches wouldn't even let us do underhand mm. you know so you're were, like, you, were you a uh, outside hitter a middle blocker mm-hmm. a uh, libero oh i can't pass Better. to save my life even playing in college you don't put me in the back row i no i'm okay no libero for me um outside hitter middle i transitioned to middle as i played more um and i think that's why i just got better at it because it was more fast-paced outside is not really my strong suit I'm not very patient on waiting on the ball so middle right side was definitely my strong suit and where I excelled at especially when I started serving over the net I ended up getting a really good jump serve so that worked in my favor as well and led you to division one ball yes wow (laughs) that's right now so you mentioned you go to Pacific to get your your master's at what point did you decide uh that uh communications uh sports information for us old school folks what was was the you mentioned you were a good writer and you like doing the stats but was there a point when you were at norfolk state or was it after you got to pacific that you decided this is my career path um i think it was once i got to pacific and i started 
diving straight into athletics. I just knew I wanted to be surrounded by athletics, you know, the rest of my career. Um, I Coming out of the undergrad, I wasn't really sure of what I wanted to do long term. It was very up in the air. I didn't even want to go to grad school. But one of my advisors at Norfolk State basically got me and forced me to go to grad school, kind of. But also COVID was a very... Um, big thing of in my decision of why I went to grad school in the first place because you know a lot of people was getting laid off on jobs it wasn't a lot of jobs open so at that point I was just like I don't really don't even have a choice but to go to grad school because you know no jobs were open I just didn't want to not have anything going for myself at that point you know I would just go back home and not really do anything probably pick up odd jobs just to you know survival and be financially stable but I'm glad I did choose to go to grad school because it gave me two extra years to finally you know figure out what I want to do with my life and what I want to do in my career so I am appreciative of going to grad school and the opportunities that University of the Pacific gave me because I really wouldn't be here if I didn't go to grad school. Now on the other side, so you were a student-athlete, you played, and now you're on the communication side where you're you're doing all the media relations for volleyball amongst other sports as well, and also we're so excited to have you here, and a, a future WAC sand volleyball, regular volleyball team. Whoa. That, yeah, I know, I know. I didn't get the uh, email. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> the there's a message. reason for that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but having now seen, you know, what has surprised you or what's the cool part of now being being on the other side when you were a student athlete for so long and, and you know, maybe not recognizing all that goes into it. Um, I think ED can attest to this because I said this in my interview. <laughs> I don't think as a student athlete you realize what all the conference does, you know, for the student athlete experience and for each conference championship. You know, you just go to these conference championships and you're just like, oh, it's another, you know, week of games. If we lose, we go home. Like, you don't really think about the effort and the time and, you know, just even seeding and determining which teams are going to the conference tournament and which teams aren't. And that's because of, you know, wins and losses. Um, you just really don't think of all the hard work that the conference does and you know the effort and just they really want to have the best student athlete experience there is and I think student athletes definitely take that for granted you know we definitely complain a lot about what conferences does wrong but I think once you see everything and all that they do you would definitely let us have, know <laughs> you'll definitely <laughs> have a new appreciation <laughs> you'll definitely have a new appreciation for what the conference does um so I think that was eye-opening when I first came from you know, being a student athlete and then working on campus and now working for a conference, you definitely just see overall how it is and the flow of things and a newfound appreciation for it. Well, one of your sports, as Kendra alluded to, you're doing volleyball, obviously, a former Division One volleyball player, but uh, women's soccer now under the umbrella of uh, one yes. Jessica Radford, <laughs> Jess Radford, if you will. In terms of uh, the season getting started here, later on in the show, by the way, we're going to have Chris LeMay joining Kendra for a one-on-one -on -one interview. Utah Valley, the team picked to win the WAC in women's soccer. And Chris LeMay, I'll give a little tease here, said this is the most talented, most experienced team he's ever had. And this team got a an NCAA at-large bid. So two teams, women's soccer, went to the NCAAs last year, including Utah Valley. What do you think about uh, the upcoming season here for the uh, Wolverines and the rest of the WAC? Um, I know they're very excited. That was their very first ever at-large bid, by the way. So I know that they were very excited to get that. Um, they have a very exciting things coming for them and definitely number one to beat at this point, and we'll see how they do. 
And now, you know, soccer has been a, a two-bid league at, at points. Um, the WAC, very strong men's and women's soccer. You got Grand Canyon, who has been to the NCAA tournament as well under Chris Sissel. They're the, they were the team second. But also, you know, besides all that, our, our teams are starting up very shortly, on Thursday, actually. And a lot of them are playing these big-time opponents. You know, Utah Valley's headed to Hawaii. Um, you know, what, what kind of excites you about some of the the scheduling and the high-caliber opponents that our teams are, are, are looking to compete against? Um, what excites me is that, you know, regular season or non-conference season is always gearing you up for the conference. So I think playing these tougher teams, these high-caliber teams, is just gearing them up for, you know, the tough conference – uh, schedule that they're about to have you know upcoming so they're about to battle it out at the conference championship and I think all of these non-conference schedules and these high caliber teams will definitely prepare them for that and you're going to be at the volleyball championship so we'll have to do a post also on how you feel as as a, as a player at a, at a conference championship and then run in the thing <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to run the championship? I, yeah, I I'm running it. Yeah, I'm doing all avenues. <laughs> Sport administration, communications. I'm taking over. Um, <laughs> She's going to be on the sidelines. Yeah. yeah, I'm taking over Kendra's job. I can do it all. Well, of course, Rebecca Ray is going to be in charge of the volleyball championship as well as women's soccer, which will be at in uh, Riverside, California. Uh, end of October, a little different format this year for the women's soccer tournament. We start on a Sunday Yes. in October, two days off. Then the semifinals will be Wednesday and then two days off and then the championship on Saturday. So in years past, there's only been one day in between matches. Uh, there was a time when I first started here many years ago now, not <laughs> that long ago, day. but uh, where we, we played Thursday, Friday, and then the championship on Sunday. So there were teams playing back-to-back days back in the day. Uh, in terms of uh, taking a look at uh, things this week, we mentioned the champ or the uh, teams that are playing big games, California Baptist, UC Riverside. That's that's going to be a big matchup, of course, right across town there. But Grand Canyon, Coach Chris Sissel, they'll be hosting Mississippi State uh, right off the bat on Thursday, and uh, of course you mentioned Utah Valley at Hawaii on Thursday as well. And we're going to kick things off ESPN Plus, and that's where you're going to want to check out the action. Tarleton State. We'll be playing University of Louisiana Monroe on Thursday. That's 7 p.m. That's our first women's soccer match of the year. Ooh. You going to be watching? Absolutely. All right. All eyes on these games. <laughs> and now as as we'll soon be joined with Chris by Chris LeMay, he had pointed out that this just these schedules give him a chance, you know, if they if they drop a game, their their RPI will still be high enough to potentially put them in consideration if they don't make it to the NCAA tournament by an automatic bid. So interested to see how a lot of these games turn out and where our teams start and where they build as a lot of them have new pieces. Not all of them have those veteran presences that Utah Valley currently has. And uh, it should be a fun ride. Jess, we want to thank you for taking some time out here on the WAC podcast. We'll have you on as a frequent guest. Frequent. Yes. Thanks for having uh, me. Between you and Tony, we got a little new format going this year. But when we come back, we're going to have Kendra's one-on-one interview with the coach of Utah Valley, Chris LeMay. That's up next on the WAC Podcast. Down, down, down. Period. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. And for more than 65 years, has been providing tires with unbeatable quality 
at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. We are now joined by special guest Chris LeMay, the head women's soccer coach at Utah Valley. You're joining us from the Delta Sky Club, Delta Sky Lounge, if you will. Uh, We'll get to that in your travels in a minute. But first, welcome to the podcast. And we saw a lot of fun things that your team was doing in the preseason and the offseason, as well as Utah Valley took over our Instagram story a couple, uh, maybe last week, a couple weeks ago, and we saw you wake surfing. So tell us a little bit about that. Is that a hobby of yours and, and the team bonding that went into that? Yeah, so we do. We traditionally do a um, three three day retreat in Park City uh, as a part of our preseason, where we train up at uh, in Park City, and uh, we do one day where we go boating. And um, you know, I'm I'm fortunate enough to to have a boat, and I bring my boat out, and then we've got uh, one of our alums brought a boat, and then a couple of the dads from the team brought boats, and everybody gets an opportunity to go surfing and just kind of you know hang out on the lake. So that, that's a it's a tradition that we've uh, we've done for the last seven years, and love it. Awesome. And you were pretty good at it. So obviously you've done that a lot growing up. <laughs> uh, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I just started surfing uh, when I got to Utah. Um, okay. Sorry, there's a guy vacuuming. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I grew up, yeah, I grew up going to the lake and wakeboarding and, and skiing and, and uh, you know, all the, all the lake activities. So it's something that I enjoy. And when I got to Utah, I, I quickly learned that there's a, uh, the big uh, boating environment here. Awesome. Well, we know that you're you're in the airport, the Delta Sky Lounges. You guys are embarking on a trip to Hawaii. You'll play Hawaii on Thursday and play a few games over there. What is that experience going to do in terms of what a great team bonding experience, but also playing some high caliber opponents? Yeah, I mean, Hawaii is a good team, so we're excited. We got, you know, we have a seven o'clock kickoff Thursday night with them. I think they will be a pretty good crowd. It's a nice stadium. Um, it's a trip that we did in 2017. And um, we had it rescheduled. We had another we had another trip to Hawaii scheduled for 2020. And obviously that was affected by the pandemic. So um, Nikki Olanda, who uh, is, you know, one of our seniors is from Hawaii and played for Hawaii Surf. And so to get her in front of her, um, you know, family and friends in in her hometown is going to be pretty cool. Awesome. And we just had our preseason coaches poll that recently came out. Utah Valley, the team picked to win your last year's WAC coach of the year after guiding Utah Valley to their first ever at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. As you look at expectations this year, what are your initial thoughts after trying to build off of last year's accomplishments? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what what's going to be tricky about this season for us is that, you know, there's a lot of high expectations. We've got a, a senior Latin team. Um, we're very, very talented. Um, I don't think we're going to sneak up on anybody. So, you know, trying to, trying to repeat is always difficult. And, um, I just want to make sure that we're focused on one game at a time because, you know, there, there is so much talk, you know, in and around the community about, you know, how far are you going to go this year? And, um, we just got to scale it down and just enjoy every, every game and every moment and, um, and not try to get ahead of ourselves. Cause I think that could be, you know, that could be a pitfall for us if, uh, if we allow it to be several players also landing on that preseason all conference team. You have the co-offensive player of the year in Heather Stainbrook and the defensive player of the year in Jenna Shepard with those two, what kind of dynamic does that bring to the team with that veteran leadership and also the playmaking abilities that both of them have on both sides of the field? 
Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, I mean, they're great leaders. Uh, they're they're unbelievable people. Um, they work so hard. Um, they prepare properly. I mean, they just kind of they take it very seriously, and and it becomes contagious within the group. And I mean, those are our two captains. I mean, they're two also, you know, first first team, you know, all region selections last year. They're both academic all Americans. So I mean, they. And again, I mean, I, I just I don't want them to get ahead of, the, ahead of themselves either. Um, just enjoy their senior year. And and if they go out there and just uh, concentrate on, you know, playing as well as they can, then they'll have a lot of uh, success. You just finished up your first exhibition game, a 1-1 draw against Weber State. What were some of your takeaways from that game as, as you look to kind of build off of that as you guys head to Hawaii? Yeah, I mean, I hope I mean, I hope that we got it out of our system because we didn't play well at all. Um, so I was pretty disappointed, um, with the, uh, with the performance and, you know, maybe, maybe that's a blessing in disguise. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, we'll have our heads screwed on straight on Thursday night and, and, um, and play a little bit more like ourselves. What was kind of the message from the team after that one? You have your thoughts where you, you thought they could have played better, but did you notice after that kind of a collective group of your seniors or Heather, or, um, uh, excuse me, uh, I just lost her name, Jenna, uh, Jenna. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I mean, talking about that experience. It felt like a loss, you know, okay. so tie that felt like a loss. Uh, the team was, they knew that they didn't perform to the best of their ability. And, um, unfortunately Heather was unable to play. She was ill. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, at, at the end of the day, we, we talked about just leaving it there, you know, and, and refocusing and, Obviously, it counts this upcoming weekend. So again, you know, it, it, as long as uh, we got it out of our system, and maybe maybe it's a blessing in disguise. And you got a chance to play three goalkeepers in that Adalia Serrano, your your grad student, who's you know your primary uh, keeper from last year. What did you like from inside that box, and and the way that the goalkeepers were able to really communicate and command the field? Yeah, I mean, Adalia's coming off of um, you know having having a couple of camps with her, you know, Ecuadorian, um, or sorry, El Salvadorian uh, national team. She's, I think she's grown a lot since last season, not in terms of her height, but um, in terms of uh, her ability and, and her, uh, and her, you know, and her leadership and her confidence. So we feel really good about where Adalia is at. She's had a great camp. Um, Leah Wolf, who, you know, kind of split with Adalia last year is also, you know, just one year more mature and we're excited about her. And then um, we brought in a, you know, and a, a defensive player of the year for her conference in transfer uh, CJ Graham. And um, she's got a great frame. So, I mean, we feel like we've got a ton of depth in that goalkeeper position. Um, and it's and similar to, you know, other spots for us on the field as well is that there's a lot of competition within the team and we've got a lot of talent. Where is that competition? How, how much of your starters have you solidified or is it really, hey, there are a lot of spots open and this is the time to prove it before the official season kicks off the 17th? Yeah, I mean, we we probably feel pretty comfortable about eight right now spots being solidified. And then, um, you know, there's three that are, you know, that that can change. And um, so we'll, we'll see what we come up with for Thursday night. But uh, we, we feel pretty good about about eight of the 11 spots right now. 
as I look at your your schedule, your home opener, you're hosting 25 ranked Clemson. You have 13th ranked BYU at home, and then a row game to 22 ranked USC. It's a pretty tough schedule. What was the thought process behind this scheduling and, and giving your team the best opportunity to see teams that you also might face in the NCAA tournament? Should you make it that far? Sure. Well, I mean, I think last year is a great example of putting together a schedule that would give you an opportunity to get an RPI, you know, in the top 40. Um, and if you're in the top 40, there's a real good chance that they're going to call your name on selection day. So um, since I came here, I mean, it's been, it's been, it's been intentional that, you know, we try to give ourselves, you know, the best chance at a, at a good RPI so that, you know, in the event that you don't, you know, get that result on that one Sunday, you know, in the conference championship. And again, you know, New Mexico state was a great team and they played really well. Um, but, but we felt like, you know, we, we felt like we could have won the game and it didn't go our way. And we don't want that one day. It could be a, could be an off day. It could be a bad referee call. It could be a, you know, a host of different things, but, but, you know, so again, that's why we did develop the schedule that we have this year is if we can get a couple of results against, you know, Cal, USC, BYU, Utah, Clemson, then we feel like we're going to put ourselves in a position that, you know, we'll be a contender for an at-large in the event that we don't win the WAC tournament. Where do you feel like this team is at now compared to last year's team? Of course, a lot of the same players coming back. Do you feel like you're a little bit ahead of where you were last year? It's just still finalizing some moving parts. Yeah, I mean, it's the most talented group we've ever had. There's no doubt about it with the most experience. So, um, you know, not, but but all that, you know, goes out the window. Now we have to go out and perform and we got to play and, <laughs> That starts, you know, that starts in two days. And I know that, you know, construction and, and there's projects in place for a brand new soccer facility over at Utah Valley. How excited are you for that opportunity and, and that that space that you guys will have that's going to be state of the art? Yeah, I mean, I think it shows the level of commitment that the athletic department and the university as a whole has for both their men's and women's soccer programs and and. $30 million stadium um, is going to help in recruiting. It's going to, uh, you know, continue to attract, you know, big time teams that are going to want to come and play, play at our facility. So uh, we're really excited and um, yeah, we just can't wait, wait for uh, construction to start hopefully at the end of this fall. What is, uh, what are some of other activities that you might be planning in Hawaii? Of course, it's a business trip. You're going there to get stuff done, but do you have any excursions or anything that you guys will do to, you know, further team bonding? There's a, you know, there's a lot of different opinions on, on, on how to tackle, you know, trips like this. And um, for me, we, we like to get out and do things. So yeah, we're, when we get off the plane tonight, we've got a sunset catamaran that we're doing as a team um, this evening. And then we're doing a luau on Saturday night. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly, we're going to, you know, we're going to concentrate on soccer when that's, when that's appropriate, but we're going to have fun when, uh, when, when we can as well. And we kind of say there's a time and a place. So, um, and I think, you know, having come off the Costa Rica trip that we just did this spring, I think that it was, it was a good dress rehearsal for, okay, Hey, look, this is soccer time. This is serious. This is business, but when it's not, I mean, there's plenty of time to, you know, to experience uh, things and, and enjoy your teammates and the relationships that you build, you know, having this opportunity to play division one college soccer. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about, about the trip. I know the players are, and, and if we come home two and oh, then everything will be good. Absolutely. How's the food in the, the Delta sky lounge? Oh, I, I haven't had a chance to get it yet. Cause I just got <laughs> here and my plane boards in two minutes.
Oh, man. Okay. Well, we will let you go. Wish you the best of luck in your trip in Hawaii. And also can't wait to hear about the luau and all the fun activities. That's Chris LeMay, head women's soccer coach at Utah Valley. Best of luck. Thanks for joining us on the WAC podcast. We'll be right back. Thanks so much, guys. All right. One of the interesting things there, Kendra, from that interview, Coach LeMay saying that this might be his most talented team and his most experienced. And we're talking about a coach that's uh, you know, had an at-large bid to the NCAAs last year, and a previous year won a first-round NCAA tournament game. So saying that Utah Valley is that good this year, that's, that's really saying something. Yeah, I mean, in his career, I believe it's his seventh season with the Wolverines, um, you know, three NCAA tournament appearances at least, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, yeah, really excited to see, you know, what this team can do. A lot of hype around them before the season. And then he, you know, emphasized, okay, well, obviously there's that, but we got to, we got to take care of business every single game. And that starts Thursday with Hawaii. Yeah. Nothing like kicking things off with a, a tough opponent. Hawaii, uh, former WAC member back in the day was, was one of the top teams in the Western Athletic Conference. Also want to give, uh, our, our thoughts, out to Hawaii, going through a very tough time now, uh, not on the Big Island, but over in Maui, the, the devastating fires and, and the devastation we, we saw there and, and just, uh, just a very tough situation for the folks in Hawaii to deal with. Absolutely. I, I visited Maui as a kid. Um, remember how beautiful it was. And so, yeah, it's, it's a devastating thing. It's scary as people are still unaccounted for and life is going to be dramatically different, you know, over there and the pictures and stuff are awful. So yeah, really want to give our thoughts and prayers out and, and as they have to rebuild and, and a lot of people starting from nothing. Our friends over at ESPN uh, did uh, send some things along. If you did want to donate to help out uh, the wildfires, it says help people affected by the Hawaii wildfires. Donate at redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond and help people recover. So certainly uh, want to echo those sentiments uh, from the folks at ESPN. And we want to thank our guests today, having uh, Coach Chris LeMay and Jess Radford. And we want to thank you for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.